Hey everyone, and welcome back to r slash askreddit, the subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most interesting questions get upvoted to the top. Today's question, what is the most bullshit reason for a teacher to give you a bad grade? Because he didn't read my paper. It was a university class where a TA was responsible for grading the papers. He was clearly overwhelmed and just reading introductions and grading based on them alone. I had a two-part introduction that fully addressed the prompt, but as he only read the first part, I got my paper back with a big C at the top. I ended up getting full credit after I challenged the initial grade. Glad you had a better result. My first large college paper for a pre-Civil War history class Freshman year came back with a giant red D written on it with practically no feedback. I was in a writing program and I had always excelled at essays, so I was sort of shocked. Went to the professor and asked him about the grade and lack of instruction. He sighed, looked down, and said, Westhoff, I don't like you. He went on and on after that with some bullshit reasons, but apparently the big issue came from the first week of class. He was talking about manifest destiny and said something like, Now you have to remember, back in those days, there were 50 to 100 miles between towns out in the western USA. And I raised my hand and said that there were still 50 to 100 miles between towns in the western US. He said I was exaggerating and I told him I wasn't because that's where I grew up. That paper was 40% of our grade. He refused to change the grade or even reread it. I scraped a C-plus in that class, and I was so effing proud of that grade, even though it was the worst grade I received in my life. At the end of the semester, I decided to ask him for his grading documentation to see if I could challenge the paper with the school, but he claimed he had already thrown it away. I found out later that was bullshit too, but I didn't press any further. You should have pressed, at the very least, so he doesn't try that bullshit with someone else. Agreed. Had similar thing happen. Prof didn't like me because of my beard. Went to Dean. Dean tried talking to him. He refused to do anything. Dean sent my paper to another prof at our sister school who taught the same class. She reviewed it and graded it. Went from a D- to a B+. I forgot to cite something and I had a few, two or three spelling errors. Dean submitted the new grade instead which gave me a B- overall in the class. We had weekly spelling tests in my 11th grade English class, which I thought was a bit remedial by that point and probably said so in a not completely diplomatic way. The teacher even made you write any words you got wrong five times and hand that in to her by the end of class. I would typically get perfect scores on them, but one time I got a test back with no actual errors, marked as a 0%. My teacher's explanation was she saw me talking to someone in our free period before class who ended up doing poorly, and that was my fault, because I distracted them from possibly studying. What? How does this make literally any sense? Teachers are not always as impartial as people in that position should be. Bad days and personal grudges are often a culprit for an unfair grade or detention. I was taking a one-week online class. In the syllabus, the teacher said you must post six times throughout the week. So I posted six times on Monday, one time on Wednesday, and felt I was good to go. I get my grade and teacher comments, and the teacher wrote, Kayano905, you had some good posts early in the week, but then you stopped posting, so I had to mark you down. 
I was annoyed by this, but then realized it was the last online course in the program, and frankly, I didn't care. I still graduated, and that certificate is proudly sitting in my junk drawer for all to see. Taking online courses now, and the rule in almost every single class seems to be one post and comment on two of your classmates' posts. Every week it's the same posts. Topic is really interesting and important. I really learned a lot, especially about quote from lecture slide. Then a few responses saying, I really agree. Topic really is important in today's industry. This. It's so frustrating because they are trying to force discussion, which is the first mistake because it's not organic, and the questions really aren't the best for discussions. It's like, discussion topic. Is 1 plus 1 equal to 2? Shit, now I've got to figure out how to stretch the answer yes into a whole paragraph of why 1 plus 1 equals 2. Then I've got to get two paragraph replies to classmates, which you can't just say I agree. I did a presentation in biology. The teacher told me she wanted me to do a creative introduction instead of just opening it with the standard, today I'll be presenting. So I did. I invented a short story about an old lady going to the supermarket and worked in some early symptoms of Alzheimer's, the topic I was presenting. I was so invested in that character. She had a name and a backstory. I even drew up a few comic panels so that everyone could follow along easily. Then at the end of my presentation, I asked my class which symptoms the old lady in the story had and hence what stage her Alzheimer's was. I get my grade back and the teacher deducted points for the intro since she told me to do a creative intro so it wasn't an original idea. Like, what the hell? I came up with the story. I drew the comic panels. All of that was me. I felt so betrayed. If I hadn't done a creative intro, she would have deducted points. So I did one and she deducted points anyway. And after all that work, still grinds my gears. I was 15 at the time. A friend of mine got a minus one for scratching his head. Our teacher said he was faking it. I guess that teacher had too many bad experiences with women who faked head scratches. Fake head scratches are a real problem in our society, and they're probably what causes hurricanes. Staples were not in the, quote, right spot for my essay, even though I had them in the top left corner like always. That's when you know the teacher doesn't like you and is literally looking for petty reasons to take points off. My seventh grade gym teacher gave me a D because I hardly ever smiled. My life sucked at that time. You seem like an unhappy kid. Let me give you something else to be unhappy about because of it. I didn't like a movie that was supposed to be her favorite. She would do stuff like this all the time to other students as well. Complaints were made, but I graduated before I saw where it led. She gave me a zero because she didn't think I read the book. She said I would have gotten a 75% if she thought I read it. 75% of the test questions right supposedly means I didn't actually do the reading. Still one of those things that pisses me off even 10 years later. In the 90s, my family didn't have a computer, and I had no access to one. I spent a lot of time on a handwritten assignment for school, and the teacher gave me a B, writing as a comment, I would have given you an A if you had typed it up on a computer. I'm still bitter. Back then in school, we were offered an optional class to learn 10-finger typing. It would be done on typewriters in the school, but we would also get homework assignments. My parents didn't have a typewriter or a computer, so I signed up for that course, hoping I could talk my parents into getting a computer. 
Of course, they got a typewriter instead, which they had no use for. At the end of the class, I was the only one who didn't get the best possible grade because my homework assignments would have typos in them. The rest of the children had computers at home and would use Word with autocorrect to type out the assignments, so everyone besides me got full points on all assignments. I have no idea how the teacher didn't notice this, but I was not one to tell on others. My teacher lost my coursework on the bus home. I refused to redo a year's worth of work in three weeks, and I got taken from an A to a C. Bullshit. School sided with him. What kind of school allows a teacher to, I assume, admit they lost coursework and have the school go, Oh well, student's fault, minus points. That makes no sense to me. This happened at my secondary school as well. The teacher won't admit to losing the work, and then it becomes you versus them on if you actually submitted it or they lost it. I've never seen a student win this argument. My friend failed French because she had a French accent, and the teacher couldn't understand her French because she was American. My friend had spoke French since she was four. Took Spanish class in high school. Half the class was either born in Mexico or first-generation American with Mexican parents. But apparently, Mexican Spanish isn't real Spanish and would mark them down for having accents. Our Spanish teacher was fired after he failed the whole class, including his born and raised for the first 10 years of her life in Mexico daughter. I was accused of plagiarism because I had an above-average vocabulary. I got a grade in the end, but I was ticked. It was a group project where nobody did anything. I had to do the whole thing and turn it into a teacher who usually works with the special needs kids. She didn't think preemptive strike was a term an eighth grader should know, so obviously it was plagiarized. I got the same for knowing what a swastika was when I was 12. I wasn't even a high achiever or anything, just a kid who read books. Within a year, the same school was showing us the world at war the excellent World War II history documentary series from the 1970s that's narrated by Laurence Olivier and using it as an educational resource. So basically, a 12-year-old couldn't possibly know what a swastika was, but a 13-year-old should know the ins and outs of World War II in detail and be able to answer graded questions on it. Joined up thinking from the history department there. Not me, but a 7-year-old student I coached for a public speaking contest. She is a child prodigy, a self-taught, fluent English speaker in a country where very few people speak good English. She also has a natural sense of how to structure a speech and gives all her speeches impromptu instead of memorizing. After she finished her speech, the first response from the judges was, Do you think you speak better English than us? Spoiler alert, she does. I spoke to them and none of them were truly fluent. They then gave her the second lowest grade possible. She got a bad grade for being better than the person grading her. What grown-ass adult is that freaking threatened by a seven-year-old who has specifically been trained for the task they are judging? I got a 10 out of 10 on a test, but my teacher took points away from me because she didn't want my classmates to be jealous of my grade. This was English class in a Dutch school, so English is a requirement. I was the only native English speaker in my class, and this was a course for adults only. Fourth grade, the day before Thanksgiving break. There was no work to be done, of course, so we had a busy work art assignment. 
We were all handed graph paper and told to color each of the squares either yellow, orange, red, or brown. And once we finished, we were supposed to cut out corn shapes to make Indian corn decorations. I already thought this was stupid, and filling in all the squares was tedious. So I traced the corn shape on the graph paper and only filled in the squares that would end up as part of the final product. This meant my decorations looked the same as all the others, but I didn't waste time filling in squares that would just get cut away. When the teacher saw what I had done, she gave me a 50 for, quote, skipping work. So that's it for the post, guys. Wow, a lot of really infuriating grading stories there. I'm trying to think back in my own academic career. I don't think I have any BS grading stories, although I did have a, I had a science teacher when I was younger who used to let you retake tests and he wouldn't change any of the questions and you got to keep the original exam. And there were, there were multiple choice. So I remember a friend and I spent probably as much time as we could have spent studying just memorizing all the A, B, C's and D's in the order that they were on the exam. Uh, so that's not a, not a BS grade, but a way I gamed, uh, gamed myself to a, a much better grade than I initially got on a test. But do you guys have any stories about BS reasons you were given a bad grade or weird teacher habits? We'd love to hear them in the comments below. As always, if you like the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts from r slash ask reddit and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ask Reddit, a subreddit where anyone can post a question and the most popular answers get upvoted to the top. Today's question is a serious one. What was the last situation where some weird stuff went down and everyone acted like it was normal and you weren't sure if you were crazy or if everyone around you was crazy? I was out at a restaurant with my wife and her family. My mother-in-law starts choking on her food. No one does anything. So I go to help. Did basic first aid years ago. Five hits to the center of her back. Nothing. She is now foaming at the mouth. I go to try the Heimlich maneuver. On the third thrust, this huge lump of lamb comes up and lands in her plate. Her husband, son, and other daughter look at me, say nothing, and carry on eating their food. I sit down and I look at my wife and I feel like I'm in an alternative reality. Did that just happen? Was it really that inconsequential? To this day, only my wife acknowledges what happened and that I saved her mom's life in the middle of a busy restaurant. I twitch when I think about it still years later. Working banquet, I had an old lady choke on some bacon. Abdominal thrust shot that thing out of her mouth and back onto the table where she proceeded to stab it with a fork and shoved the bacon back in her mouth. What the heck? Is this just a common reaction when people choke? One time I was eating with five friends when I got a bone stuck in my throat. As I'm gagging, one guy quietly asks if I need help, and that's it. After I had reached into my own throat and pulled it out, I looked around the table and everyone was just awkwardly quiet, like I had disturbed their meal. I choked on a gumball until I almost passed out. I was pointing at the house to try and urge my friend to grab my parents, and my slowly darkening view was just her face with tears streaming down her cheeks from how hard she was laughing. I literally almost died listening to a seven-year-old laugh at me. <laughs> Little bitch.
I was working in the United Arab Emirates. One night, I was walking on a busy boardwalk with a lot of people from all over the world. This South Asian guy was standing by a lamppost, not really doing anything, when an SUV pulled up and four Emirati Arabs got out, grabbed the guy, and threw him into the back and then drove off. They didn't yell, didn't show any police badges. The guy barely fought back. Nobody said or did anything, even though the street was crowded full of people. I saw a chick get pasted by a Lamborghini in Bahrain, like a ragdoll broken flying through the air. Dude stopped, got out, and looked at his car before he drove off. Never looked at the woman. Nobody else stopped to help, just drove around the body. We couldn't stop to help because we were riding shotgun on a load of weapons. They just don't seem to care about other people over there. There was a gas leak in the building where my first morning college class was held. The class still met. There was still a strong gas smell, so I questioned the safety of the situation. The teacher mocked me for being concerned and sarcastically said he wouldn't take attendance if anyone wanted to leave. I was the only one who did. I had to text my husband to confirm that I was being reasonable. Our FM building caught on fire at work, and the fire alarm goes off, so I run outside. And no one else comes out. They were all sitting at their desk working with the 100 decibel fire alarm going off. I opened the door and yelled, hey, this is a fire alarm. Four people came out. The fire department was so pissed that no one exited the building. We ended up having to do a bunch of drills. We have a local superhero in our town, Polar Man. He goes around dressed in full costume all the time and helps out people around town. Really nice guy. I think he's on disability or something, so he can't work, but he still wants to make the world a better place. The best part is the new people seeing him for the first time and everybody else just being like, oh, that's just Polar Man. I would like to take this opportunity to talk about Seattle's superhero and villain, Phoenix Jones and Rex Velvet. Phoenix Jones. Jones is okay. I mostly know him as a guy who loves to get into fights, knows the law very well, thus knows precisely how to legally get into lots of fights. He beats up a-holes in the nightlife district, he's punched people who threatened him, takes himself super seriously. He was also fond of macing people. <laughs> this has been clarified as false by others, though. That's about all there is to say about him. Rex Velvet. Rex Velvet created a supervillain character to be Phoenix Jones' nemesis. His operations mostly involved taunting Jones over YouTube and social media. Jones didn't want to play along. Jones played the character of a real hero doing real work, avoiding addressing Velvet directly and ignoring the rivalry. While Velvet focused entirely on talking smack and alluding to non-specific crimes and villainy he proclaimed being prepared to commit. So ultimately, lots of posing, posturing, and punching drunk bald bullies. Mostly boring, ignorable weirdos, right? Enter Secret Agent Colby. Colby was a make-a-wish kid who wanted to be a secret agent. After a few phone calls, Colby was contacted to help other agents track down one Rex Velvet, who had kidnapped Blitz, the Seattle Seahawks mascot, and was holding the city hostage. After citywide detective work and on a high-speed boat chase through Puget Sound, Colby apprehended Rex Velvet, 
capturing him by using specialized spy-grade silly string. Anyway, the point of this story is that Seattle is a weird place. There's a guy who rides a motorized bicycle through my neighborhood dressed like a circus ringmaster. It has been going on for six weeks now. Not a motorcycle or a moped, a bicycle with pedals with a two-stroke engine attached. Goes around 29 miles per hour. It's loud. I can hear him coming for a few minutes, so at least two miles of sound carry. Black tailcoat, top hat, puffy white shirt, scarlet vest, maroon and gold vertically striped slacks. One time I saw him check the time on the gold pocket watch. Another he puffed on a corncob pipe. Every morning at 7.15, he is headed north. Every night at 9.45 south, seven days a week. I think, where is he going dressed like that with such punctuality? Surely nowhere around here would allow him to dress like that, and he has no backpack or any other means of transporting a wardrobe change. He must work third shift south of the town from 10 to 7. That's eight hours and an hour lunch, but seven days a week? I tried following him at night because I assumed he was heading to work, and following him home would have been creepier than the already super creepy following to work. I had to do it in a car because, like I said, he can book it on that motorized bike. I lost him in two turns. He runs stop signs. I don't. The next night, I was waiting in my car, ready to go. I had, the more you ignore me, the closer I get, queued up. He was late, super late, rounding 10 p.m. now. Then I see his flashy white headlight. He must have ran out of gas. He's pedaling. But I was so amped, and I tried anyways. He was moving at around six or seven miles per hour. I couldn't stay behind him, but I know my every route in, out, and through my neighborhood. I've lived here for 21 years, and I run three times a week, so I'm like an atlas of this block. I lost him at around five turns. To be fair, he saw me about eight times. He may have gotten scared I was stalking him, probably because I was. But last night, oh, last night, I followed him the whole time. He was back to motor power and ran every stop sign and red light on the way. I was catching up to him slowly at 30 miles per hour, so that's why I was assuming he was going 29. He can't lose me now. I have his scent. This is it. I will finally know after six weeks closure. Anyway, he works at effing Walmart. I was having dinner with my parents, my sister and her husband. Somehow, the topic of abuse came up, and my parents said how they never resorted to physical abuse in their marriage, and my brother-in-law turned to my sister and said, I mean, I've only hit you a couple of times, but only when it was serious. My sister's face turned red. She defended why it happened, then laughed it off. Meanwhile, I am absolutely shocked and disgusted by this, and my parents joined them and laughed along as well and said, it happens. I was more shocked that my parents didn't react properly, and to this day, I'll never understand it. I was at my grandma's funeral dinner. The topic of the moment was travel. Uncle Dick, not his real name, but he is a real dick, pipes up and says, you know where I like to go? Mexico. They let you beat your wife there. His wife was right next to him. She sheepishly stared at the napkin in her lap. He celebrated beating women at his mother's funeral dinner. I spent the rest of the evening on the restaurant steps playing my Game Boy since I didn't want to make a more of a scene. I was a cashier at a supermarket. 
thank any and every god that I'm no longer working there. It was an uppity kind of town near where I live, so it was normal for people to be incredibly rude and self-centered there. However, one super busy afternoon, this totally effed up dude was in my line. He started talking out loud about how he smashed someone's head into the concrete and left him there to bleed out. When it was his turn, he didn't have enough money to pay for his $2 and some change soda, emptied his pockets of pills, LSD tabs, a 40 but no money. He accepted that and he wouldn't buy the soda, but continued to stand there and ask where I live. Did I have a boyfriend? Yes. Oh, your boyfriend wouldn't mind if I effed ya. I'll shoot him if he did. Continued on with increasingly rapey and vulgar comments the entire time I was hitting the call manager button on my screen. Must have hit it 25 times and I can see him just standing there talking to a coworker. There were two grown men in line behind him who didn't say a word. I was saved by a cash room employee who came for a money pickup. The guy left and got arrested in the parking lot because a shopper reported him. He told me he was going to wait for me to be done my shift and find me out there. Had he not been arrested, nobody ever said a word to me about what had just happened. Why don't people react in situations like that? I was at the DMV and it was very crowded. A guy sitting across from me got up and went outside. The whole wall was glass. The guy walked to where he was directly behind a woman sitting inside, but he was outside the glass and her back was facing him. He bent to start reading her phone. She was clearly texting. At first I thought he must know her or something and was playing a prank. Then I realized he was trying to read her contact numbers or something on her phone. I was the only person in the entire crowded room that stood up and asked her if she knew him. She was really freaked out when she turned around and saw him there. He ran off. I wish I had called the police on him, although I don't think being creepy is an arrestable crime. A few years back, I liked a girl and she invited me to her youth group. Everything was going fine until the pastor said, altar call and then everyone walked up to the front and started rolling around. I really wish I was making this up. There were even people holding down other people as they were shaking slash rolling. Afterwards, we all went to Pizza Hut and acted as if nothing out of the ordinary happened. I was at a gas station pumping gas. There's a cop car and a second car pulled right by the road in the parking lot of the gas station. Cop car has the lights on. I see the cop and some guy standing there. I just pump my gas. All of a sudden, gunshots ring out. Nobody moves. I look around, and everybody's just pumping gas like nothing's happened. Finally, see some guy walking toward the station looking equally confused. I said, you heard shots, right? He's like, yeah, definitely gunshots. Turns out, it really was no big deal. A deer had been hit on the road, and the officer was ending its suffering. But nobody in the parking lot really knew that. We all came up on the situation after it was in process, and we couldn't see anything that happened based on the angle. Just weird all around. Public speaking class, mid-1990s. The assignment says persuasive speech, and the first three people give quit-smoking speeches. The fourth guy realizes that it's his planned topic, too. So he decides to change his topic on the spot to why you should have sympathy for rapists. 
and details several rapes from the first-person perspective. He is confessing to being a serial rapist in front of a fairly large class. His point is that women should understand that he is just a horny guy with feelings and not fight him. They should feel sympathy for rapists. It was incredibly horrifying. However, being in the 1990s, everybody is stunned and nobody says anything. He was arrested for rape months later. My rapist made an admittance Facebook post last year and essentially said he was caught up in the moment and may have ignored signs that he should have stopped. During one of the assaults, he had even told me, sorry, once I get going, I can't stop myself. He got like 90 likes on the post and people praising him for his honesty. Dude literally straight up admitted to being a rapist and got support. One of my coworkers, we'll call him Bob, will regularly pull a knife on another coworker, John. John teases Bob and plays it off as a joke when Bob takes the knife out. This happens so regularly that it's just accepted as normal. It's starting to feel normal for me too. I used to work as a paramedic. We got a call at a local hotel lounge. When we got there, a large guy was out on the dance floor. No pause. We started our cardiac arrest protocol right on the dance floor. The music was still blasting, the lights dim, and the wait staff was still serving drinks. It felt like we were part of the floor show. But it could have been worse. At least they all quit dancing. So that's today's post. There are some strange stories here. Do you have any experiences you can contribute to this post? We would love to hear them in the comments below. If you like the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash askreddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening.